Hello and welcome to episode 188 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Okay man, okay. Yeah, just a normal week? Norm- normal week, normal week. Bro. Yeah, we're going to struggle to find stuff to talk about this week, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> no, it's been pretty mental to say the least. Um, and yeah, we're going to have some stuff to talk about in the news this week, um, which yeah, we'll get into very shortly. Of course, we'll be talking about The Hunt uh, this week, um, which for the foreseeable future is probably going to be the last theatrical horror we see, um, which is just a really weird and surreal thing to even think right now. Um mm. But uh, a show yeah. that's prided itself on cinema horror, um, mm. we're definitely gonna. I mean, we're not afraid to delve into the on-demand stuff, but yeah, there, yeah. There, there is currently no alternative. Yeah, I was gonna say we literally do not have a choice. Um, so yeah, we're just gonna get into the news now, and um, there is some other news that we'll get to after this whole the yeah. coronavirus stuff, <laughs> um, which will be a bit more exciting. And yeah, for people that are kind of sick and tired of hearing about it right now, like I apologize, but we have to talk about the way it impacts not only the horror movie world but also we're, our podcast. We're mainly gonna be talking about the horror movie stuff, though. We're gonna be yeah. keeping it light. It's all about keeping this podcast keeping things light. But there's there's other things that you can listen to to. to to bring yeah. you down we're weird to is, uplift the spirits yeah this will but continue to, to be hopefully a form of escapism and entertainment <laughs> in the light of all this craziness in the real world um but yeah like if you've not heard any of this brace yourself because there's some really disappointing and crushing news we're about to discuss um that's kind of broken over the last few days and i'm kind of like uh tried to just put it all into one big thing because there's been so much going on um mm. so there's definitely been some stuff i've missed here but these are kind of the most important stuff to us for the show um and so yeah if you don't know pretty much any major motion picture movie that was scheduled to come out up until around about mid-may has been postponed at this point um the the most notable one for one for us being a quiet place too Oh, we were so close, bro. We we were so <sighs> close. We were already arranging our like double bill that they was showing at the yeah. cinema, and yeah, six days before release, uh, they decided. I can't to believe work. it, man. And it really was the first domino to fall because there wasn't another major movie that, that did this before at Quiet Place 2, which I think is interesting for the grand scheme of when we look back on this place in time. Um, this will be an important movie of like once that pulled, everyone was like, shit, we need to just get the hell out of it. And yeah. so many movies followed suit after that. Disney have pulled literally everything up until even Black Widow today, mm-hmm. um, which is scheduled for a May release. So we're now even talking about movies. Yeah. Which you know, obviously affects for the podcast New Mutants. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, along with The Quiet Place 2, The New Mutants and Antlers got delayed. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the kind of big free films that we were going to be covering in the next couple of months. Um, what's fascinating to me is that I think someone needs to tell Lionsgate that they need to announce something. Um <laughs> Because they have free movies scheduled in the next coming months. They have Antebellum, which is coming on April 24th. Uh, they have Run on May 8th. And then, of course, Spiral on May 15th. And they have not announced anything regarding any of these movies yet. Um, no delays whatsoever, which I think, like, Antebellum is 100% going to get delayed. Like, I don't see anything coming out in theaters in April. No. no. Um, and it's worth noting as well, like around the world, like in other countries, so many cinemas and theaters have already been like forced closure by the government over the last week or so. Yeah. Um, we're now seeing the rundown of uh, our local cinema has now closed from today. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were kind of one of the last ones to go see a movie at the weekend. Um, and I know that Sean as well, our kind of international listener, reached out to us that his local um, theater chain has also closed for indefinitely. Mm. Um and of course, which, yeah, there's no for, new movies for our cinema, <laughs> For our local cinema, is terrifying because yeah. it was already 
just about keeping the lights on. So it is mm. terrifying whether it will reopen. But we'll yeah, we figure these things out. <clears throat> yeah, we said on the show before about how they dramatically slashed the prices about 18 mm. months ago at this point. Um, yeah. For well over sort of 60 to 70% cheaper than it ever was before. Um, and they've maintained that price mm. across all films now for over 18 months, which is pretty yeah. insane. Yeah. And it's obviously it is fairly beneficial to us because it is cheaper but it is one of those weird things like why is it suddenly cheaper that doesn't seem like a good sign um, <laughs> it feels too cheap to be honest yes, with you it does. like i'm very happy with the price but i it just it feels like if someone was just to be like all video games are now 10 pound i'm like that kind of feels dirty <laughs> like, yeah, I, i'll pay it but i feel like people should earn more than this 100 <laughs> percent. it was so true it was really weird yeah. wasn't it like yeah. seeing those in 2020 and when we go yeah. to other parts of the country and then you pay yeah, like, a regular fee three, you're like three times as much yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's literally a third where we are but um <laughs> i think it's i mean it's just complete unprecedented times for everyone and i think mm. kind of like i said we're, we're, i i don't really want to get into everything else that's going on in the world right now like i say there's enough doom and gloom it's you know and there's way more important things going on right now as well but mm. Uh, for us, for this show, we do concentrate on our bubble and talk about how it affects our bubble, and that's what I'm going to focus on. Yeah. And I think kind of um, you've got kind of obviously this ripple of, and I'm sure it's probably the next news story, but obviously we've got this ripple of um, the movies that have been delayed possibly indefinitely and you mentioned like Lionsgate what they're going to announce but like we don't know what distribution means for these movies mm. obviously Disney have made a massive push with their Disney Plus in particular with Frozen yeah um but who knows where the new mutants drops on Disney Disney Plus um you know is it a new story about the hunt and stuff yeah, well, we'll yeah, I was going to yeah. come to that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you want to move on to that, and then I'll kind of finish off. What yeah, I well, the say. the only yeah. other two things I kind of got jotted down with this overall is that yeah, so um, obviously productions of movies and TV shows has also been shut down. So not just mm. stuff that's finished, you know, like A Quiet Place Two that was literally days away from uh, being released, but also um, Netflix in particular. So right now. Stranger Things 4, The Witcher Season 2, and Mike Flanagan's Midnight Mass were all either... The first two were in production. Midnight Mass was scheduled to start this Monday, the 16th, mm. um, and they've all been shut down indefinitely. Um, and that's I think that's across the board. Anything that was shooting in the United States or Canada is officially shut down, and then other things in different countries have also been popping up now. Um, and then, yeah, the final kind of part of this, I guess, is that, yeah, we're now starting to see on-demand stuff being brought forward. Um, most notably, what's pretty insane is this Friday, as of recording, the 20th of March, um, both The Invisible Man and The Hunt, which we'll be talking about shortly, are both coming out straight away digitally. Yeah, um, mad. Yeah, which is an insane thing to see. Obviously, I think it makes perfect is, sense. Is that happening in the UK? Have we got any? Have we had any details on the UK? I'm not too sure because I saw the the announcement was that it was coming to the US and it was going to be apparently twenty dollars for like forty eight hour yeah. rental. Um, mm which I think is like a little bit more of a premium than it usually is. I'm not entirely certain on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, considering I rented uh, Joker on weekend yeah. release, and that was obviously an offer, but it was, pr I, I think it, it would have been less than $5. Right. Um, obviously, I, I think it was two ninety nine in pounds. Yeah. So like, you know, that's that's <clears throat> way more expensive than a normal uh vod release but yeah it gets it gets it out there and i think that's the 
that's the super interesting ripple that is Lionsgate coming up with some mad um, VOD news to to, mm. to announce with their with things because obviously there are some movies that um, studios will want to have that cinema run, you know, because like Disney being interested in one of like the bigger movies, like a Black Widow movie, you know, that is a Marvel or uh, flagship movie, so they mm. want that cinema buzz behind it, but does. Does Lionsgate now look at the the kind of climate and think, do we put Spiral out on VOD and then mm. get, you know, let's see how The Hunt and um, Invisible Man perform. But if, like, if they perform very well, um, you've got to imagine that Netflix are going to be doing some mad deals right now trying to get things. Yeah. Like, so all of these existing distribution platforms are going to be trying to get these movies V, you know the VOD releases and premium. I think is a great way to do it. Like I don't, I don't really argue the premium price um, because I think like you're getting it ahead of time. So mm. like I'm, you know, personally think that you know as we touched upon with the cinema, obviously I'd love it to be cheaper. But if you want to put a premium price on getting something way sooner than we could ever dream of getting it, then you know I think that's a you know it's an option that I'll accept. Like, yeah, if we get to see Spiral at May at any cost, I'd be pretty buzzed about it. Like, well, you know, oh, yeah. like relative cost. Um, 100%, for sure. Like, you know, but yeah, I agree and, with you. Like, the knock-on effect of streaming services is going to be fascinating because, of course, cinemas have to close because everyone's being told, like, look, mm, stay inside. Unless and everyone's at home. <laughs> exactly. And so the knock-on effect of Netflix, Disney+, Plus, all of these things is that so many more people are going to be inside and they're still going to need forms of entertainment, especially with the likes of so There's many no sport. <laughs> Um, so I agree with you 100%. Like Disney Plus is obviously now only going to be launched in the UK. We mentioned about New Mutants. I think that's such a weird one because that movie has been delayed so much. It yeah. seems cursed. At this point, the pe- the small amount of people that still give an F about that, they need to just put it out there. The problem is they've already already set a precedent that no R-rated content will go on Disney Plus. Um, and in the yeah. US, that stuff goes on Hulu. Now, in the UK, we, of course, get screwed once again because Hulu is not available in the UK. Um, mm. So that would leave us in a weird limbo situation. So that's one particular issue. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I think I completely agree with you. Companies like Netflix, they, of course, have their production slate and they have stuff that's coming out. And, of course, we just... <clears throat> talked about netflix originals being shut down Mm. but we know they have a lot of money and yeah like if they are looking at these movies like a spiral they must be thinking to themselves how much can we throw at a lion's gate and have that as an exclusive similar to what they've done with like cloverfield paradox um the thing for me is paramount's quiet place isn't it is it paramount i think so yes so netflix do have a working relationship with paramount Mm -hmm. and like obviously their flagship movie currently is a quiet place one yeah. Imagine how baller it would be if Netflix <laughs> is just like Quiet Place 2. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's gonna be so interesting because it's all to do with obviously the budgets of these movies and how much money yeah. they can make back because these ones that have micro budgets that are smaller i can yeah. totally see it but something like black widow that literally cost 120 exactly. million to make they you have you have to get that cinema revenue especially abroad as well overseas um so i think it's going to be really interesting to see what movies can get away with it and stuff like a Cloverfield paradox that did have a fairly big budget but it was tracking poorly enough that they were like you know what netflix are going to give us x amount let's just cut our losses and i could see something like new mutants being in that situation where it couldn't have been tracking well anyway um and so yeah it's going to be fascinating to see where these movies end up because ultimately we like 
we talk about box office revenue and stuff but i think now it's a more it's a really interesting conversation than ever before because you look at something like a quiet place and from a fan perspective we just want to see the movie but a quiet place 2 would never have got made in a million years were it not for the cinema theatrical success of a quiet place one um which was a huge breakout hit for them um and so you have to yeah. look at it in terms of the finance because otherwise we just wouldn't get the things we enjoy they're not making a quiet place 2 just because we wanted it and because we liked the movie you know they're making no, it because the, it made the, ripple, the ripple of on that is this whole vod thing like mm. if like the hunt it's yeah. just been had a one week cinema run in England. Yeah. Did did we get it day and date? We we did get that day and date. Yes, yeah. so we were one of the so, few markets that did as well. So we we can see what that earned in that one week. Literally nothing. <laughs> Let's see what it earns as, uh, in a VOD release. Mm. Like because if they if they sell it, because I don't necessarily think Netflix is the answer for a lot of these movies. It is. I mean, there's a scale like all of these mm. things. The smaller movies, even to the hunt level. Um, Netflix is probably the short-term answer, but for Quiet Place, I think it is a pipe dream. I think a Quiet Place too, it is like, well, hang on a second, if we can sell it at twenty dollars mm. on VOD, and the millions of people that were that were going to go to the cinema are definitely going to pay that money, we don't have to pay the cinemas. Like, will they actually make more money off this in VOD, and will will this start to mark the end of the cinema that we've kind of spoken about? That like. You know, the cinema experience we personally love and we wouldn't want to ever give up. Like, if we can see a movie at the cinema at the same time as VOD, we will choose a cinema because you get that premium experience. Mm. Not all the time, but we'd like to. Yeah. Um, but if if these companies can make more money off this and not have to sh- kind of give it out elsewhere, like, this might set a kind of president going forward you know if invisible man kills and the hunt kills like we're we're gonna see spiral and quiet place give it a go and if they continue to kill are they gonna go back to theaters yeah and piggybacking off of that i think it shows how like old-fashioned we are in terms of how we look at the success of an individual movie mm. because the only thing everyone points to is box office revenue we, yeah. we don't look at streaming rights we don't look at streaming in terms of selling the movie digitally and we don't look at dvd or blu-ray sales which are very expensive like but when we buy is, something like a yeah. blu-ray when it comes out you know like the lighthouse for example that is going to be like a 20 pound blu-ray as opposed to for us a five pound cinema ticket so it's literally yeah. four it's like we bought four tickets for a movie if yeah. we like it enough to buy it on blu-ray yet that would never be included in the revenue of the movie yeah, and that's that is madness. a huge thing like i remember back in the day people used to say that dvd sales used to skyrocket these movies enough to like you know i remember like, when, like back in the day family guy got cancelled and it was off mm. dvd sales that they realized the show was popular enough to bring it back and yeah i agree with you that we're gonna have to start looking at this differently of a movie mm. like the hunt think, for example it's gonna have a terrible is, box office but maybe it is gonna live on for like you say it's this super traditional it's it's the only numbers that gets released you mm. know and it's it's inconsequential to the people behind these movies the people that are making these movies obviously get to see all the nickels and dimes and they mm. can count these up and obviously cinema was important to them because they're still putting their films in the cinema but they are less important less movies have been shown at the cinema all the time like all of these movies mm. that we've seen for the show um you know whatever we've seen on demand recently would have had a cinema run back in the day and they're not now so i think kind of you know it will beg the question to the bigger boys and i think kind of um 
you know, we need to get better at measuring our metrics. You look at video games, you know, for the longest time until recent, until very recent history, they were still looking at physical sales and not digital mm. downloads, which is just madness, uh, yeah. you know, and it is the same with the film industry. But the thing is, like I said, the people making these don't give a damn about what gets published out externally. They know what they're making internally and they'll look at those and add them up. And I can, I can see online distribution being, being a viable short term option. Mm. Um, Cause like you say, new mutants, when did they spend that cost to make that movie? years ago at this point <laughs> literally like yeah. it it's been over a point years the they're gonna release. write they want to write that off and they want to realize some sort of money and so mm. why not i don't think disney plus is the answer but vod is and like why not put it out there and that dedicated audience will pay for it we will all see new mutants any way we can yeah like you know so it's is interesting i'm more worried about the delayed production yeah. because that will feed down the pipeline will will 2021 be pretty barren you know mm. like when the hell will we see stranger things you know when will we see these other movies um you know that that uh, we will you know the writer's strike obviously is the thing that we've had in the film world that affected this and mm. that took quite a while to come down the pipeline but when it hit us it hit us quite hard and like i think this will be the same yeah, the, um, the, like this is going to be a fascinating time to look back on in terms of where yeah. was the shift. And I agree with you that now more than ever, when we are literally being told to stay inside for our own safety, like the rise mm. of the internet and how important it is as a tool is going to be even more prevalent than ever before. Mm. And yeah, the distribution of movies does seem so archaic and backwards where literal film reels are being put and sent to these cinemas and stuff. Whereas at a click of a button, you can find a movie. And mm. it does seem weird that we're all kind of waiting around, like especially when these movies are done now. Um, a, a final note for kind of A Quiet Place too was interesting that they had spent roughly, or this has been estimated, 60% of their overall press and marketing budget um, prior to the pull of the movie. Man. Because, um, again, Man. that's a huge part of, like, you know, making a movie that, mm. again, isn't included in the production budget. But, like, that is going to take a massive hit for them because that movie was projected to do well. Um, but that movie is already advertised. So yeah. if that now, if they now advertise... They use the remaining forty percent to tell everyone. By the way, this movie's on video on demand right now. Like mm. you can get it for twenty bucks. Like yeah, you know, is that the short term thing instead of having to reset the clock and in October, whenever um, you have to then spend another hundred percent of your marketing budget because they can't just they won't they, they can't start from a sixty percent campaign. They have to start from from zero again yeah. or relatively zero. So it's kind of you know, that's what makes me think a lot of these movies we will get to see sooner than we anticipate. But maybe that's me just trying to be optimistic on it. But I, I really, you know, well, as soon as The Hunt and Invisible Man started, you know, that is the new domino effect. I'm interested to see how much traction it gets. It's almost being optimistic in a way that it's become, it's gone full circle. Because I agree with you that I think a lot of these movies are thinking will delay it because in a couple of months it'll be fine and i think that ultimately that's a really weird way of looking at it because we just don't know what the future holds this this mm. this situation is literally changing on a day-to-day basis and so i agree with you that it is it is optimistic to say we'll see these movies sooner or later but i think of it in a case of when is a quiet place Two actually going to come out when is there going to be a slot at the cinema when are people going to be ready to go back to the cinema and enjoy that experience again we honestly don't know right now we literally don't know um, so I think, yeah, I agree with you. They're going to have to adapt. They will. We're going to be talking about this, I'm sure, on a week-to-week basis in terms of these horror movies and when we're going to see them. Um, mm. 
because it is fascinating another thing is that so spiral is finished production i saw on darren lynn bosman's uh, instagram over the weekend him in the editing room standing by with the credits with his name on it where it was like final cut is done nice. um i should have pulled up the quote but he basically said like the movie's done now it's in the hands of the movie gods mm-hmm. um so of course he's up in there as much as everyone doesn't know when this movie's going to come out but it's done it's finished um because i was thinking about what you said a minute ago with the production stuff of like movies like malignant and conjuring yeah. free and halloween like are, are these have they been shot when was production going to start like i really don't know no um you know so i think last night in soho the Edgar Wright one i think that was filming last we heard like, yeah apparently. but they're the ones that i'm worried about like i'm not yeah. worried about quiet place we will see that very mm. soon um like we will see it either sooner than we anticipate on a vod or as soon as things get back to normal it will mm. come out like yeah you know, you'd like to think um, because there is going to be this backlog of movies that are eager to get out there. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, f- final thought as well. We obviously just mentioned that the two movies coming to um, on demand this week. Um, we're obviously going to be mm. talking about the hunt shortly. But the Invisible Man, incredible movie. Um, mm. Hopefully, people check it out. And I would 100% agree with you that, like, um, I can't wait. To, I'm going to personally purchase this movie again any way I can and watch it because I cannot wait. It was such a fantastic movie. I think so. Yeah, like I say, I haven't seen the UK news yet, but I hope mm. we get the same option. Yeah, I really do. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. This is an ongoing situation. I'm sure there'll be plenty more, but we do have some more news stories. There's three more news stories. Um, Let's do it. Let's wrap these up. <laughs> so, uh, and the last one is a biggie because I was saving it to hear oh, your thoughts. Um, but no, this next one is more interesting to me than probably anyone else, but I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing when I found this out. Um, I was thinking about Hardcore Henry over the weekend, as I like to do. Yeah, um, I do that sometimes. And, uh, you know, I occasionally just start to reminisce and think about what would happen if we ever got to see a sequel to one of the greatest movies ever made. And um, I looked up uh, the <laughs> what, director. Wait, you're talking about Upgrade now? Stop it. Um, I looked up the uh, the director, um, Ilya Nashula, on Twitter just to see what he's up to. Because um, for people that don't know, he's a Russian who is in a heavy metal band. That's like his main job. Um, and then he just happens guy. to make a film that's incredible as well. Um, he's we a need director. to get this guy on the show, man. Oh, he's such a legend. Why? But um, I love going through his tweets and trying to find the ones that are in English. But um, someone said to him uh, in January... Um, when is your when are you going to do another movie and then he said something casually like yeah i've got a new movie it's coming out in august 2020 and i was like what so then i started googling around and this was reported back in uh when was this, this is a collider uh, article i have i think it's from like o- uh, yeah, october um this got announced and i feel so annoyed that this went under the radar and no one told me <laughs> yeah um so yeah it's it's called Come on, no- guys <laughs> it's called nobody um and it's a universal movie um and it's starring Bob Odenkirk uh, and Christopher Lee, are kind of like the two big names attached to it. Um, and it's basically a, you know, he's cast as this kind of uh, effect of nobody, it says, like an overlooked husband, a suburban dad. Um, and it says the, the kind of short uh, synopsis we have is when two thieves break into his home one night, uh, Hutch, that's his name, uh, long simmering home rage. invasion movie? <laughs> exactly. Um, his long simmering rage is ignited, propelling him on a brutal path that will uncover dark secrets he fought to leave behind. Um, and that's pretty much it. And right now, of course, this is probably going to change, as is everything, but it's scheduled for release August 14th, um, mm-hmm. which, again, just, I'm, I can't believe this came out of nowhere. The fact that it's actually got a big production company behind it, like Universal, it's got notable stars in it, like Bob Odenkirk, and it's coming out um i kind of madness yeah Yeah. this was like a fever dream that i had over the weekend i had to double check it just before recording like i didn't accidentally make up this i'm not gonna lie i don't i don't believe you (laughs) no i wouldn't either um 
it's a strange, strange world, but this, this was incredibly nice to see. I was like, oh, yes, finally. You know, oh. something to look forward to half because we just don't know at this point, but fingers crossed. Like, it, it sounds incredible anyway. Oh. Um, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, again, this is one of those ones that it seems like it's done, hopefully. Um, what was what was the title again? Uh, Nobody. Nobody. Um, oh. So, yeah, incredibly excited on this one. Hopefully we can see a trailer at some point. Um yeah next up this is a very short one but i just wanted to put this in there because i thought it was fun um the, the the kind of anthology series into the dark we've talked about a little bit on the show um well it's i find it fascinating because i don't know anyone who watches it um but it seems to have done well because it started back in december 2018 um oh. for people that don't know it's on hulu it's a bloomhouse tv production which you don't see many of those no. and it's basically a film each month which is sent around a holiday in that month yeah. and uh since december 2018 they've hit every single month without missing any wow um so it's because they've done about 18 of these at this point and um pretty crazy because people must be enjoying it if they're still making it and mm. um i only watched the first four and i really liked the christmas episode um but other than that there was a couple uh, the first couple were okay and i thought the fourth one was dreadful and it was just kind of like i don't want to invest this time because it is like a feature length movie each time um but it was it was still a cool concept but the reason why i bring it up is because they're doing a sequel to the one i really enjoyed the christmas oh, episode nice. um so he it was about this doll called puka and this episode's called puka lives um and Sweet. it's the next it's the next one coming out on april 3rd um so yeah i just wanted to throw that in there in case people saw that because i know i did recommend it on the show and i would it would be the only one i would highly recommend it was really really good lots of the shining references and kind of style um i really really dug it um, i so respect I hope... the name more than anything for the sequel yeah. it's really cool um so yeah it's one of those ones really where if this gets me back in i am interested to watch more into the dark i had again. no idea that, that that was still going i thought it no. i thought it just kind of fizzled out like i haven't heard anything about it no and again obviously because it's a hulu show and we just don't mm. have hulu and it's such yeah. a weird thing because like other shows like handmaid's tale is hulu i believe in the us but we have a british distributor it's been on channel mm. four and it's been on all sorts of other stuff um so i just don't understand why this no one has picked this one up but no uh, it's, it's odd i mean it's like uh, castle rock isn't it yeah like season two is on right now and like we're just not watching it yeah, season two. Yeah, I haven't watched it, and is is on. That's a good point. And also, the Twilight Zone. I saw did I saw an advert for that on British TV like this month, where they were showing season really? one finally. Oh, okay. um, I can't nice. remember what channel it was, but I did see an advert for it. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, next up, final news story. This is a pretty big one, so uh, brace yourself, Mike, because yeah. I don't know if you've heard anything about this one. I, I've got myself a fresh beer in anticipation. Right. <laughs> well, you, you want to sit down because this is. Off. This is an exciting one. So, um, Scream, that's a franchise that we've oh, discussed. No. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I've seen this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically, I think it was reported last year that there was heavily rumored they were going to be making a new Scream movie. Um, it has now been confirmed, kind of, it seems like. Um, people are reporting anyway that so there is going to be a Scream 5, and the directors are attached are the two directors of Ready or Not from last year. Yeah, um, but... So, <laughs> yeah, a movie that done really well, and most people liked, we did not like. Um, I didn't hate it, like, by any stretch of the imagination. I just... I didn't hate it, but I feel very strongly in my, this is a bad movie. You know, similarly with, like, a Halloween, like, I'll stand by that, that it's a bad movie and people are I wrong. feel very um, strongly that uh, I don't necessarily want them directing a Scream movie, but who knows? Who do knows? you want anyone directing a Scream movie? Um, hang on. <laughs> okay, no, I'm ready. <laughs> um... 
I don't know, man. Like, my biggest question is, what's Kevin Williamson doing? Um, How do you fancy an executive producer credit? I want a writing credit. That's what (laughs) I want. (laughs) So what's interesting that you say that is there is, to my knowledge, there's no writer attached to this. Um, I did see earlier on Twitter today, because I follow Simon Barrett, who's a film writer. He was apparently rumored for it, and he put out some tweets saying that like he's not been approached in any way, shape, or form <laughs> regarding the movie. Um, but yeah, there's no writers attached. It is just yeah. these two directors who... So they form this collective. They're two-thirds of a group they call Radio Silence, and they've done... They did a segment on VHS, which was really good. The, I was going to uh, say, they have, they have done some good things. Yeah. They did the 1031-98 segment in the original VHS, which is awesome. They also did a couple of segments of Southbound, which was another anthology mm-hmm. movie that we reviewed and really enjoyed. Um, and then, of course, the movie last year, that which we, which we didn't. Um, and yeah, as of right now, no writer, Kevin Williamson, attached to executive produce. Um, so yeah, I guess... I, I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer, so I'll pass it over to you. But like, yeah, is there, is there any interest in a new Scream movie from you? I mean, there, there are a million questions... Uh, that I have because yeah, we know like I, but, nothing at this point yeah um there are so many paths that lead to me being disappointed um mm. I'm not one of these people that like Wes Craven is the horror god for me and for you like in terms of what he made and ex- in particular the Scream franchise that like, those four movies are phenomenal and they defined they, they defined like us um growing up loving horror um you know we were not in the 80s we absorbed those 80s movies but we were in those screen movies coming out and like they were super important to me personally anyway um and so they are almost untouchable but i've also learned over the years that horror continues and the show must go on so like Mm. i'm never i'll never say never on any old ip being revived like i love ghostface i love those movies can a good one be made yes is it is it like easy no um so i need to see a lot more about it i need to know about the cast i need to know about who's writing it i need to know i need to know specifics because there are a lot of things that can go wrong with this and especially uh, where the franchise has gone recently um as much as i enjoyed the tv show the the uh, the you know the original <laughs> run of that TV show. Yeah, I let's talk that, about that last yeah. season. No, I'm not talking about that. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed that show, not being a Scream franchise. Like it was just a cool slasher thing because it didn't even have the ghost face mask. Um, you know, if they start making Scream movies and don't have the ghost face mask, it makes me feel a little bit sick. If they make Scream movies and they don't continue the story, it makes me feel a bit sick. If they continue mm. the story, I don't know how you do that without making me feel sick. So, mm. you know, they, they have a lot of problems there, but I'm still not going to just give it a full write-off yet, but I am super nervous. I, You know, of all the franchises, Scream is, for me, one of the most unattainable ones to get right at this point. Yeah, well, I I appreciate your measured answer, which I was not expecting. Um, so that means I can, right, go, I can go hyperbolic. Because... I, I, opened, I opened a beer. <laughs> like, I'm feeling pretty good, I, you know. Well, I don't care about this. I honestly, there, there, like, again, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I agree with everything you've said of like, we need to know more. There's, of course, it could be good. I, I just, right now in this moment in time, there isn't a single part of me that wants another screen movie. Um, happened to sit through that last season of screen TV show. And of course it's different, but just seeing something that was so painfully shite that was screen related for the first time in my life was disappointing, you know, to say the least. Um, and I agree with you that like those first four movies are so 
well constructed and for me personally i think scream 4 along with halloween 3 probably are the two most underrated horror movies ever made and it seems like time has kind of flipped on halloween 3 which is nice because people appreciate that movie now which they didn't before um whereas scream 4 hopefully we're a few years away from that but like i it's my second favorite scream behind the original um i just love everything about scream 4 i think when he made it it was the perfect scream movie literally um and right now i just have zero want or need for it um so yeah like he, he got those actors back at the last opportunity that they could play those roles and yeah, those was the free from hell for screen <laughs> uh, you know and and yeah so like do they make a screen movie without nev campbell with ghost face mask like what uh you know mm. it's it, it i i don't know man but let's see yeah. This movie is a long way away from being made right now. I was going to say, yeah. Like, I'm glad that we haven't got to think about this for a while. Um, because I'm with you where it's like, uh, there are a few things where we talk about Halloween and stuff, but like the love for Halloween is not the same as Scream or Nightmare on Elm Street. And there, there ones... are a few franchises that are holy for us. And one of those yeah. are getting, is getting close to being downgraded. Yeah, and it's like, and the other one is being talked about as, a lot in way more as, interesting as, ways. As soon as we see Spiral, that franchise may get downgraded. <laughs> now, nah, listen, it's going to be great. But like, um, yeah, with Nightmare on Elm Street, it's been fascinating because those, the type of people that have been attached to that have been way more exciting to hear. Yeah. And also, we've already sat through not the like a, this abomination of a movie, but it was a bad movie, the last remake that mm. they tried. And so I feel like we're in a better place to be like, Listen, they already messed it up once, and I still love those original movies. So I'm more inclined yeah. to let them have another go. I still don't. You know, the, the best Freddy Krueger movie might not have been made yet, like in terms yeah. of like the you know the remakes and the way that they can reimagine it and everything else. Like they, there are still kind of gas there. Like I don't want to see a reimagining of Scream. Like mm. I don't know because that's just yeah. a slasher movie. There's nothing. There's nothing unique about a remake in Scream because you either remake Scream and then we've already got Scream. Or you just make a slasher movie, so just make a slasher movie. You mm. know, that's why I enjoyed the Scream TV show, because it was just a slasher TV show and it was pretty enjoyable for a spell. Like, yeah. um, you know, there the, you know the whole point of Scream was that it is formulaic and that it is kind of playing on these tropes, but it did it in this unique way for itself. But if you then just make it in name alone, it is just you know, Nightmare Elm Street is such a different IP. There are so many he hunts you in your dreams, you know, all of these things that is just like unique to that franchise, along with Jason, along with, you know, um, Halloween. So I just don't think Scream can be remade in that way, but mm. we'll see. Yeah, we shall see. Um, but yeah, pretty insane news this week. <laughs> yeah, we should probably talk about a movie. Yeah, we should talk about this week's film because that's probably what a lot of people came here to see. Um, but yeah, let's talk about The Hunt. So yes, the hunt. After all this vibration, after a long, long, long release, <laughs> um, of course rescheduled from late last year. What was it? September? It was going to come out. Um, um, something like that. They, they, their um, poster was amazing, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, September twenty seventh. Yeah, and it was fascinating to see, obviously, because they had all that stuff late last year with the kind mm. of the shootings in America. So they pulled the movie. 
And then it kind of got like the soft relaunch earlier this year where they had the new poster, like you say, the trailer. They were poking fun of kind I of. I love that uproar. poster, man. Yeah. They were poking fun at very much like the Hez, the, the, you know, what was it, the most talked about movie that no one's actually seen, yeah. um, which was a great tagline for the movie. And it was very much set up for this new launch. And uh, yeah, again, it, real it's world up, events. It's up there for me, like in terms of taglines. Yeah, like that's almost like uh, you know, keep keep telling yourself it's only a movie. Like, <laughs> or, like it's not to that level, but it's it's great that it can like just talk that real life kind of mess up and like you know poke fun at itself. Yeah, and it's great because it's all to do with this movie when we get into it, but there's so much of it is to do with its kind of politicalness and its place in, in today's world. Like, so much, like, this movie could only be made now in terms of, like, the hotbed of everyone's got an opinion on everything and everyone's so easily triggered and all yeah, that Yeah, I wasn't stuff. expecting that, but yeah. No, um, so it's definitely what this movie is about anyway. And so then, mm. like, it was almost great marketing at the time where had they just scheduled it to be, you know, a small delay and then got this pr proper launch, I almost feel like it would have fed into with the movie and helped it in some ways yeah i kind um, of feel like this gives it more traction because i even with that poster and seeing the trailer i wasn't expecting this movie to be tonally what it actually was when we started seeing it like mm. we were about 10 minutes in and i was like whoa okay this is what they're going for i didn't realize this like i don't know whether i missed the mar marketing beat or what really but i i just wasn't expecting it to be that way like i felt the poster you know does tell you that but i just didn't i thought the poster was out of place as opposed to no that's what the movie is yeah but obviously as as it's now gone on it's kind of even more unfortunate because it came out it was the last pretty much big movie i think there was one other movie that, was it uh, that vin diesel movies well i think that might have came oh, out yeah. the same week yeah. but they were the two movies that kind of like right these are the last ones they're pretty much in theaters right now even though most theaters around the world are already being closed at this point yeah. in you've got we've um, got precisely five days to make some theater revenue and then you're done yeah it, yeah exactly and it's and it's looked like well, not almost that, nothing like because like a, a long weekend basically three days isn't it <laughs> yeah and apparently it was already reported in like box office in the in north america i think it was like the lowest weekend in either 20 or 30 years um yeah so of course like no one was going to the cinema and obviously that was, why were... was packed man <laughs> ours was literally like it every norway always is <laughs> <laughs> which i think it just goes to show you how like the slow infant like uh filtration of news in this area of the country but um it just seems like <laughs> yeah. everyone's just like what is going on in the outside world yeah. like but yeah uh, it was an interesting one um yeah. And yeah we've obviously got to see this movie at the cinema which was an uh, a more different experience than i guess a lot of people will see because they'll get to see it on demand yeah but yeah what is this movie actually about then as we just hinted <sighs> this movie the hunt is um it's about is it a, is it twelve strangers? I think it's yeah. twelve. Um, they kind of wake up in this kind of field uh, slash wooded area. Um, they don't know kind of why they're there, how they got there, what the hell is going on, and they kind of all they can see is this crate. And this is pretty much in the trailer. And kind of mm. when they open the crate, it's revealed that there's like a ton of weapons inside, and then suddenly. Um, a barrage of kind of gunfire and attack is laid upon them as we discover that they are in fact being hunted. Um, why they're being hunted, what this game is, how they survive is all question marks that we don't know going into this. Um, mm. And we kind of follow our kind of 12 survivors in this. You know, I've probably done as much as I can possibly do without using the phrase battle royale. 
Um, yeah. Because this is effectively at this point a battle royale where there are people hunting these 12 individuals and we are following these 12 individuals in their fight for survival. Um, we we kind of eventually sent around a character called Crystal um, and she's kind of our lead in this movie. Um, but we kind of flip between quite a few characters mm. and um, yeah, start to unpack their battle for survival. I mean, mm. it's a pretty easy one to synopsize. Like this, yeah. this movie does what it says on the tin, um, you know, and it, and it delivers on that premise. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, do you want to jump into that? Yeah, um, I thought this movie was really interesting because, um, yeah, seeing the trailers a while ago, I thought it looked in uh, like f- I liked the tone that they were going for on the trailer of kind of mm. like is going to be very violent and it's going to be very almost I don't want to say like slapstick or tongue in cheek, but something along those lines where a, a movie that I think about a lot in terms of tone is the Belko experiment, which we covered mm. for the show. We were huge fans of. And I feel like as more and more time has gone on, that movie has only gone up further and further in my estimation because I don't really think we've seen many movies that can nail that tone consistently for an entire movie where it's not... The, the easy thing to be to say would just be comedy horror, but I don't think I think it's more than that. I think it's it's first and foremost just a good horror movie, mm. but it does have. Uh, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like it has these yeah, it's kind elements. of satire comedy. It's subtle comedy, isn't it? It's kind of comedic situations that you still believe, in, especially in in particular with Belko. But but more than anything, they don't break that fourth wall. You know, no. it's it's the difference between that and say Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Um, you know, Shaun of the Dead, fantastic movie. I'm not saying that at all, but that movie is a comedy. It's yeah. a comedy horror, whereas Belko mm-hmm. is a horror dot, 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 dot comedy, you know, and it's kind of, it plays that horror line true and fair, Belko does, as opposed yeah. to Shaun of the Dead. And I think it's a hard thing to um, define. Um, and so you just put the two words, comedy and horror together, but there is a mm. scale that's yeah. almost what you've described what we've described there that the scale is shorn of the dead and belko experiment and then this movie lies kind of closer to belko in that respect yeah i think i think to me belko is just so interesting because it is it's hard to remember but like when you watch that movie there's definitely some silly bits in it but like my god are some of the deaths really brutal there's yeah. really serious there's like some proper long drawn-out sequences that make you feel really uncomfortable in the way that only a horror movie can can do but then mm. it also has these kind of like cathartic moments where like a villain would get killed then there's also a couple of like you know the quick kills where someone just gets killed instantly for like a cheap laugh yeah and i think that movie anyway like just to sum up that is like that to me is like the gold standard that, right <laughs> that to me is like the gold standard of that type of movie and um yeah. To pull it back to this one, I thought the, f- the first third of this movie did a really good job of capturing that sort of energy where mm-hmm. I was really engaged. I was very much entertained. Um, it was kind of like it was full throttle, really. And I, and I kind of knew that the movie couldn't continue that energy because, my mm-hmm. God, was it just with such a quick pace and fervor the way this movie starts. Um, but it's very much just like, here are these characters. Okay, it's actually quite tense and it's actually quite gory and actually quite violent. But then it also has something that's a bit more silly and a bit more slapstick to kind of like... The first the 20 minutes were a ride, man. Yeah, and it's and then mm-hmm. it like... And it does slow down in that 20 minutes. And there is this other long drawn-out scene, which, mm-hmm. um, again, I think nails the tone of what I wanted the movie to be, which is kind of like, it's scary, it's unsettling. You don't really know what's happening. But then there are these little moments of comic relief as well. And yeah. Again, I like for the first 20 minutes or so, um, I, I don't know how long it was, but like there's a there's very much a point where like the movie slows down 
and um, it's from yeah. There's there's on. a scene in like a in a gas station that's the drawn out scene, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's that's super entertaining. Yeah, like all of that stuff, I thought was great. I don't think the movie really missed a beat for me. Where no, it was no. like the jokes were landing, I really enjoyed the gore. Like really, really enjoyed it. It was more than mm. I was expecting because with a movie like this, this was a fairly big release. Um, with Bloomhouse stuff, it's difficult to gauge whether they're going to go violent or not because I feel like they. Mm sometimes they they do go violent and then sometimes they go incredibly soft and don't want to show anything um yeah and 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 i feel like as recent months have shown i feel like they're more inclined to go very very soft soft yeah Yeah. so it's it's kind of this was like a fast jolt to me to remember like oh no they're not afraid to actually include i think kind of theatrical horror like um Mm. you know we we saw quite a few that were just very light on the horror and and especially like the gore um you know kind of watching invisible man and getting some gore in it i was yeah. like whoa like i i kind of like kicked it back in and then like in yeah. this like yeah we get it from the start from the get-go yeah which was just awesome and so yeah like i th- I loved that that initial setup for sure um the movie definitely starts to drag in the middle um it's one of those clear movies to me of like if you break this down as like a free act traditional structure mm. you, i very much have different thoughts and feelings on each one you know i think the first half of the first third is ex- like excellent um the middle is just boring like it just it really really drags for a movie that had so much going for it early on so much entertainment and violence Mm. and kills it really just becomes like a lot of characters talking to one another in a really over the top way which we'll get to the kind of the writing aspect of this movie um but it's clearly not set in the real world because no one actually talks this way. It's clearly supposed to be this you know over dramatized satire of the world we're living in which is Mm -hmm. fine but it just comes across as like you're very much taken out of it because it's like you're watching a performance you know you're very much so you're watching this kind of like dramatic play of events that's happening um and yeah not really much else happens in that middle third except a lot of characters talking and kind of saying these these one-liners that don't really land for me um and then yeah the final third i definitely thought they brought it back because there was some very cool scenes i i particularly enjoyed the last kind of scene of action i thought was very well done um and yeah coming out of the movie i was entertained i enjoyed it for what it was um i would say it was probably slightly better than i was expecting just because we've seen so many like dull boring movies at the cinema recently and that's more of just a reflection of of 2020 as a whole because we've seen a good like about 11 or 12 movies at this point so you can kind of start to compare and contrast to what else we've seen and it's definitely better than some but it's definitely not this kind of like oh my god you have to go see it the writing was impeccable i love this character i love this character it's kind of just like yeah this was a fun movie and especially seeing it come to to on demand so quickly that does kind of change my view of the movie because i think that is a way better way to watch this movie um obviously it's, a premium price i was gonna demand, say like the, the premium <laughs> thing is a little bit interesting because um it, like i like this movie i think it's cool um and it's but it's we'll one of those ones, we'll yeah I, I would say to people like you can definitely throw it on and have a good time because i i had a good time but it was mm. it wasn't one that i was like yeah this really demanded my attention i was really glad i went out of my way to a cinema which i wasn't really supposed to do at the weekend and, <laughs> and you know watch this movie it wasn't like a hell yeah everything it it didn't make me Look, forget we had about, to get one more in we had to get one more yeah in. exactly um it, it didn't make me kind of forget about everything you know that was going on that you'd want a movie to do where i feel like invisible man did it was like 
you know, I was just so enamored with those characters in that story. And this is, you don't come for that in this movie. You come for some dumb jokes. Um, you might get a little bit triggered by some jokes, but you also like and appreciate some others. And then, yeah, just come for the gore and the action and then just kind of just switch off really. But I think that was my main issue with the movie in terms of uh, criticism I have is that it's hard to switch off from the movie because it's so um, politically kind of uh, switched on to, to yeah. what 2020 is and kind of, it's hard to just view this as an entertainment piece when it has so much to say about the now and what's going on right now. And that was where tonally I thought the movie was weird for me. Um, I want to get your take on it because for me, I was mm. like, I'm enjoying this as a brainless, dumb piece of entertainment. But then it feels like they wanted me to get more from this, even though like well, they're kind of, I don't know, like I don't know what they wanted me to think about this movie because it's not, this movie isn't some crazy cut in satire. It's no. not some like crazy get out. You can look at it this way or us, you know, right. This is the way we view Americans and all this stuff. Like it's not that it's very much just like, ha ha ha. Let's just poke a bit of fun at both sides and let's just chill out for a bit. And I appreciated that aspect of it. But it was just hard to kind of switch yourself off from what was going on. Um, I think, yeah, yeah. To go into my thoughts on it, yeah. I think like I share a lot of your views on it. Really, the, the the first the first third of this movie I thought was fantastic, like re- real strong. Like this movie starts and it just goes at a million miles an hour, and we were getting these um, kills, and we were getting this body count, and we were getting these jokes that were landing, and I was really in for the ride. I loved the the whole all of the scenes at the gas station. I thought were played mm. out perfectly. Like you said, so they good. were super tense. You got that real like, um, who do we trust vibe? You know, one minute uh, a character is on the phone to the police, and they have that that realization. They're like, "Are we actually talking <laughs> to the police?" Like, I loved yeah. all of that stuff. Um, I thought it was done perfectly, and um, I kind of had this moment where I sat there and I was like hang on a second there there are and again this this is this is mild spoiler territory i believe um you know i got there and i was like hang on we're like 20 25 minutes into this movie there are 12 people Mm. and we've seen about eight or nine of them die right now yeah like this movie is gonna slow down and this movie does slow down and i think that um as the movie unpacks itself more and more and more it does slow down, and that doesn't necessarily mean pure criticism, um, because ultimately, um, I do like this movie, and I, I liked it a fair bit, but I liked this movie way more in the first third, and I think mm. um, as we unpack this movie, uh, uh, two things become prevalent that I don't enjoy, and that is the the message, and it's not even like there's this overwhelming, like you say, um political agenda or anything like that because it is kind of poking fun at both sides but it is just that that becomes the agenda that yeah. they um you have to be aware of what's going to, on right now in the world to laugh at both sides basically yes and you have to um you you get this very convoluted rationale behind this whole thing that i kind of just wanted it to be more simplistic mm. um we then start to the, so that's one problem um the second problem for me was the lead in Crystal. Mm. In the um, in the beginning of the movie, she just rocks up and it's this complete badass that just has got this grimace on her face. She doesn't trust anyone and she kicks ass and it was amazing. And then kind of as the movie unpacks itself more and more and more, she becomes like 
just I didn't like her. I didn't mm. warm to her. She doesn't. She she doesn't show this emotion. She doesn't remain a like a badass. And when she starts talking, she really just isn't likable. She's just kind of grumpy, and we don't really understand any of her motivation. We don't know about her. We don't know what her training is. We don't know why she's such a badass. And so then when she just becomes this character that just, you know, she's overly sarcastic and just really pissed off at everyone. And mm. I, I understand why they're trying to give her that view. But but as a lead, I just didn't overly ever warm to her. So kind of when we kick into the final act and she starts kicking ass again, I was just like, oh, OK, she's this person again. And it just became like she became quite sarcastic to, to watch and, and and everything she said was also sarcastic. So it just, it I don't know, she was a... I think going yeah, into the third, but once we'd seen a, the first two acts, we kind of knew exactly where her character was going to react to the situation. Yeah, she was going to kill someone and say something really sarcastic. And, mm. like, it just, I don't know, like, it stopped landing. And it was like they were, because, again, like, we talk about, tons of movies and we've talked about it a lot where we talk about the agenda um versus the story and the film itself and mm. we talk about it modeling perfectly in jordan peele's case where he 100 percent has a underlying thing you know that he wants to get across to the to the to the viewer but he also makes a banging movie that if you don't want to take any um agenda in it you'll still have a great time if you mm. want to watch this movie and analyze it a million times you'll also have a great time uh then we have the other end of the scale that's twilight zone that is pure um agenda and no story um mm -hmm. a, lo a lot of the times and this movie kind of transitioned to to kind of somewhere closer to that where it was just kind of um you know her in particular it was the same joke eight times where she you know kills someone sarcastic comment someone says something to a sarcastic comment and she just became a bit of a drag for me that mm. i just didn't i didn't love her as the lead and she is you know she is the glue of that final act and you kind of want to you, you kind of should be rooting for her going into it but i ultimately was just like I just need to, I just need some body count at this point. Like mm. <laughs> it's, and so, yeah, that's where it started to fall flat for me. And so, um, you know, coming out of it, I still, I still like this movie and I just looking back on it kind of critically, I kind of just feel like my God, where I was at at the end of that kind of, you know, the, I'd say kind of our characters at one point get on a train yeah, and, and, when that happens, the movie then takes a shift, a swing in kind of direction, and it, it it never kind of crescendos to the level you want it to again, and and it, mm. and it loses that pace and never gets it back. And it was still good, and like I don't really have like any major issue with the way it kind of played out and a lot of things like that. Like it was it was fine, it wasn't fantastic, um, but it was just that that opening third was was it really had me like I really enjoyed it and you know there were gags you know there was this kind of um, uh, hidden trap in the ground that, that a character kind of falls into and there's a run it there was a joke with that that landed with me brilliantly um, mm. you know there were a couple of things it threw a couple of curveballs at me that I weren't expecting um, and yeah I just had some real good deaths in it and like I was so into it and yeah so it is a shame that it didn't keep that level up but but ultimately this was still a good movie and and definitely 
a good pa palate cleanser for me um, because the the agenda is more to poke fun at everyone. So therefore, I'm not bogged down by agenda. It just doesn't give me this, the, the actual movie that I want. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting for us is obviously coming at it where um, we're, this is very much based upon the American political scene right now and mm. the kind of massive divide between the both sides. And of course, we don't fall within that spectrum. So looking at this as like from a third party perspective, I think it's interesting because um, you can see that just all around in right now in terms of like it genuinely is this isn't a political thing in, in the slightest. It's just a case of if you take yourself super seriously about anything on either side right now, you just look silly because there's like there's so much going on. And I think that if you really you want to take a stance and go like a thousand percent one way you is it's that point where you go full circle and you become mm. the thing that you hate and i think that's what i liked that this movie was at least going for where it was like this doesn't have a political gender which a lot of movies do and or has a mm. message it's kind of thing is look everyone's <clears throat> done right now and everyone needs to calm down and we're just mm. going to show you that and so i i like yeah that. and i do respect that yeah i like that um, as, the, as the starting point yeah. but it's just it's a shame that the movie gets bogged down with way too many like silly conversations. I think it kind of peaks late on where you have these um, like liberal characters that are kind of like trying to outdo each other for how liberal they are. It's like, I'm a vegan and I'm this and that. And like, yeah. I like those jokes. Like they're good jokes to poke fun at that side um, because it is kind of like people get so outraged that they don't even like people that are, you know, on their own side and that sort of thing. But yeah. it was, it became a point where I was like, this isn't a real conversation. No one would actually, at least I hope not. Maybe I'm just wrong. Like, maybe I don't I'm know, man. <laughs> because I, I was watching, I was like, this is just dumb. Like, no one is this politically correct, are they? Surely not. Um, where they're literally like, can't open their mouth for fear of like offending someone. I um, I would disagree with that. I think, yeah, I, probably. think that, I think that does exist right now. <laughs> that, that did land with me where I was like, I know people that literally will offend themselves if they open their mouths because yeah. they're so PC right now. Like it's <laughs> it is funny and like I think they did nail that. It's just mm. that like I want the horror movie to continue. And kind yeah. of early doors the horror movie continued. And at this point the the jokes and that side of it took over. And like mm. it yeah, like for me it did land a fair bit, but it just I want a horror movie. I agree with yeah. you. It's like horror movie has this political satire into the horror movie. And uh, yeah. I think that was what was weird to me, especially it's worth noting the kind of the writers of this movie. One of the writers, in fact, is one of my favorite writers to work in today, uh, Damon Lindelof, who mm. for me, in terms of the TV scene is an absolute genius, you know, one of the greatest of all time. And I think that th this was shocking to me was that, he, he contains so much subtlety in his writing. Um, he contains so much brilliant kind of like interweaving loads of different things at the same time. And this to mm. me felt, I would definitely not say this is poorly written, but I would say that it's a bit basic for what I would expect from him as a writer, where it is mm. very much like, has almost the lowest common denominator a lot of the times. And I agree with you that like as an overall movie, it's not greatly written because it starts and ends with this kind of like horror stuff. And then it has the message in the middle. Whereas of course, mm. like we, we've talked about this time and time again, where like, just make a good movie, have that stuff littered throughout and it will land a hundred times more mm. stronger. Um, so that was my biggest takeaway was that I was surprised that the kind of the thing that was lacking the most probably was the writing. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that was just an interesting takeaway. It was that cohesiveness between, mm agenda like jokes draft, and everything else yeah you had to get something in there i mean 
I honestly, you know, and, and again, like it might just sound like I'm trying to like dumb it down, but I honestly think it just needed more people and more of a body cam because we got mm. so much at the start. And then there was just this real long spell where then there was this, you know, especially when they started to unpack what the motives were behind the people hunting, you know, the 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 kind of uh, comedic satire and, and the kind of, you know, um, both sides of the political views came into place. And I think, like, it's interesting that this movie, like, I've seen it labelled as this kind of uh, having a political message. And I think, I think that just shows that this movie doesn't explain itself fully because people watching this, this movie's message is not to have a message. You know? yeah. it's, it's not to take yourself too seriously. It is the both sides of being dumb. And yet people are talking about this as being like this, this movie that has like the agenda behind it. And like, I think that just shows that it didn't fully execute that side of it. And it didn't give us the full horror movie that we wanted. I'm not sure I agree because if if that's after people have seen the movie, that's another story. But I think what you said there is fascinating because that's what initially was the outpouring of hate towards this movie based upon the trailer. And that was why this well, has the tagline. What I'm seeing now. Right. Like... So I don't know if people have still seen it because that would be weird to me. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, the tagline, of course, being like, most talked about the movie of the year that no one's actually seen. That was, I guess, kind of their annoyance and yeah that was their poke at it and it was very much like uh ha 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 wait until you see this movie because y'all are wrong like we, we yeah. don't have agenda I, We're mean, not I, think, I think the problem is we all know that once a message gets out there even if that's the wrong message people just continue with it you know yeah. that revisionist history of things that if a movie comes out and people just say it's amazing like the how many times have we watched a movie and we're like wow we don't see it like and people just jump on that bandwagon i think that's what's happened that people are continuing that message from what i've seen like i was looking over the weekend but hopefully it changes because i think it should and also like if you're very much on one side of the spectrum you're going to be yeah, you're going to no get offended what, yeah because exactly. you're only going to remember the jokes that made fun of you and you're going to laugh at the jokes that made fun of the other side but then when it comes to writing your review you're going to be like oh i can't believe they made fun of me you know like Mm-hmm. that's the way people are um so yeah i, I do think like th- this movie is such a fascinating movie because i think that it could have been really really good i think that mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of movies that kind of the message stuff has just been such a, a very problematic in the last few yeah. years where like filmmakers are just forgetting to make good movies and um i think that a movie's message is is you know if it was to just make fun of everyone could work incredibly Mm. well in today's climate and this is kind of like some of the way there but it was just missing so many more nuances to make it really really exceptional um which is a shame um we do have a quick question before we end it actually um of course you can always hit us up on twitter at shb pod if you have any questions um and yeah we do have one about the movie one from bruiser um who just quite simply says why the fuck didn't this get better reviews (laughs) um I think we obviously just talked about that really where I honestly feel like it is what this movie has to say where unless you are completely apolitical which most people aren't these days or if you're you know outside of another country like ourselves you can look at it with a bit more fair shall we say whereas yeah. i feel like if you're in that political climate and that hotbed and i don't like necessarily um how you know say that this is a bad thing either because if you live in that world where you like you're seeing these people that you completely disagree with and it's literally causing you pain on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. don't get me wrong like i don't blame you for having a, a political opinion either way but i do mm-hmm. appreciate this movie says like you know what there are 
we are all human beings at the end of the day and we need to like work together in some aspects and not just yeah. always pick sides for the sake of picking sides not everything has to be a team game at the I, end of the day. I, think, I think that's the thing that i kind of walked away from this movie that it's kind of where i try to stand on things that i'm like mm. you've got to hear what the other person says to know what they're getting at and the people that you predominantly agree with, you don't always agree with. They have some views that you don't agree with. And the people that you most of the time don't agree with might actually come up with a good idea every now and then, mm. you know, and it's kind of, you know, take everything that you hear at face value as opposed to who is saying it and what color tie they have on or what, you know, badge they have on their, mm. their, their, you know, suit jacket. And I think kind of, um, you know, I, I 100% appreciated that. And, you know, I do. I do feel like this movie is a lot better than than um, it. Even how we've spoke about it, like coming out of this mm. movie, I still, I still do like this movie quite a bit, and I think this movie yeah. is. I think it's another how, one. How where would you I'm, recommend it? I would definitely recommend this movie, and I think the case of like a VOD release, even at a premium, like I think this movie was fun. Mm. Like I think if you have to watch this or Invisible Man, you should probably watch Invisible Man, or you should watch Invisible Man. But if you can yeah. watch both, watch both. Um, you know, because this is still a real good time. I think like it, you know, that message that it puts across, I think is you know a a you know um, they do put it across well. Um, but but ultimately, I did have a fun time, in particular the opening third. Um, for me, the biggest gripe was that I wish the lead was uh, just had more to her. She became very one-dimensional. Mm. Um, and I think that's probably where I critique this movie more than anything else, really. Um, and I don't I don't blame uh, the actress. I haven't, I haven't actually got, got her name in front of me. But that's like, Betty Gilpin. Yeah, I don't blame her at all. I thought what she was given, she she nailed it. I think like the way it was written, I think she needed to be more than this one-dimensional kind of grumpy, hate everything character. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, I still think you should go see this movie. Yeah, I've I've seen her. I actually saw her in another movie over the weekend. I've seen her in Glow, and she is a very good actress. But I agree with you mm. that yeah, it was a it was a weird role. Like I was definitely um in particular the kind of the point that they keep making the movies that she just doesn't care about what's going on and it was kind of this point that they just kept making over and over again of like do you not care what's happened to you she's like oh, i don't care and it was just like okay yeah i get it you just don't care but we don't need to keep telling us that you don't care because ultimately as a viewer then i'm going to start to not care well um, and you do care because you're trying to stay alive so you yeah and then by the end of it she does because she starts having more conversations to people of like what's yeah. going on in that so yeah it's <laughs> it is a weird one but um Yes, yeah, like, if you don't care, just stand in front of the gunfire. Like you yeah. care, <laughs> um, for sure. Um, but yeah, as far as recommendations go, I, I, yeah, I would recommend it as well. And I think that definitely it's one that, um, if you can, just kind of like not look at it, you know, as a political kind yeah, of have thing. Yeah, have a fun time. Just yeah, just have a fun time. And I think that yeah, ultimately, if you are someone who has strong political opinions and you're maybe not in the right headspace right now to either be made or fun of for your own opinions or someone else's, this might not be the movie for you because you probably yeah, might true. be triggered by it. Um but ultimately if you kind of look at it as like, you know what, there's a lot of shit going on in the world right now, especially in light of recent events. And now more than ever we need less divides. Um, yeah, let's all just get along. Yeah, this is like a good kind of shot of that to be like you don't want to you don't want the hunt to start here because we're, we're one step away from it and i i do like that aspect of the movie i wish they'd lend into that a bit more kind of we won't get into it too much now but like it reminded me of like the purge where it's very much like uh 
the politicalness does tie into a movie surrounding what is essentially what this movie is about. Mm. And it's kind of like, it's one of those ridiculous events that the moment you say it, you're like, of course nothing like that would happen. But, but as more time goes on, more and more ridiculous things can and will happen. Um, so I kind of, yeah, like we all know hostels real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I do like that. Like that horror is in a documentary. A, oh, hundred percent. Um, yeah. Little Roth just went around Europe and was just like shooting all these hostels. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, see Hostel and see The Hunt, <laughs> which you can see very soon, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't go to spoiler as well, because like a lot of people will be checking this out probably soon. Um, yeah, definitely. I don't I don't think it's warranted. No, for sure. Um, but yeah, that was our discussion of The Hunt. Uh, we will take a short break and we will be right back. So yeah, just to sort of wrap us up this week, because there's been a lot to get through, of course. Mm-hmm. It's been a very, very, uh, very long week. Um, but uh, yeah, we yeah, don't... It's been to... a long week. It's only Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, God, God. It, really. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sorry, man. It but, really is. Uh, yeah, so um, we do have an email this week. Of course, you can always hit us up. Uh, what is it? Superhorrorbrospodcast at gmail.com. Um, and we have one from Cody this week, which uh, is a really interesting one, because... If you remember, we had a question, really good question from Cody a few weeks back, where he said about how his opinion on particularly Midsummer had changed on a rewatch. Um, and then we obviously talked about movies that we might have changed our opinion on when we've rewatched it. Um, but uh, he took our advice. My, my my advice on the show was watch it again, and you will love it. And he's um, gone for the three watch. Yeah, so I mean, you're definitely committed to this movie because I think I've yeah. seen it. I've seen it at least three, maybe four times. Um, but it's, this movie it hasn't even been out a year yet. Um, this is a long ass movie as well. It's not like yes. oh, I'm just going to chuck on <laughs> no. for seventy minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you are you watching the director's cut every time. Um, but uh, he says, um, uh, "Dear Matt and Mike, thanks for making a great podcast." Uh, while I sit on my quarantinis and binge games and movies i revisited midsummer and fell in love with it again Yay. which is awesome to hear he says uh, the cinematography was phenomenal and the horror elements were tasteful and grotesque i love that um mm-hmm. my only gripes very minimal were that danny as a character felt weird in the beginning and that the sound was overpowering at peak points in the movie um really interesting you say that like wh- when it comes to these loud movies I always think that that is a, a very valid criticism. I, I think about mm. Interstellar a lot where people had that criticism of that movie as well. Um, me, my own personally, I don't have a problem with either movie, but I could a hundred percent see why people would because yeah, it's so I've, overwhelming. I've learned to have to, you know, most of the times I'm watching these movies is late night and I've mm. learned to have the DV remote in my hand yeah. because I don't want to wake up the rest of the house. So suddenly when I get <laughs> up, I'm like turning down the volume so yeah, I'm like having Interstellar it, it was wild me. with yeah. that, those like those loud organs was like probably the loudest soundtrack I've heard at a cinema. Yeah, I can't movie. watch that shit late at night. Like, it's <laughs> just, just gonna wake up everyone. Yeah, like I, I personally love it, but I could 100% see where that'd be off putting yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, he goes on to say, overall, I loved it. Um, I'm glad Danny's boyfriend got what he deserved. He's an emotionally abusive and manipulative dingus and added an element of humanity to the film while acting as a villain to the story. Um, Would recommend give it five out of five Popeye's chicken sandwiches. Nice. Um, So yeah. That's that's great. I'm very glad to hear it. Like, I really don't watch like... it again, Cody. Don't no. watch it again. <laughs> yes, that's the advice. <laughs> there are that's plenty the, of other that's the now. That's the current advice. <laughs> yeah, just enjoy it, man. Like, I I really want to watch Midsummer again. Um, like, who? Like, we've obviously talked off air and a little bit on the show about kind of trying to do at some point a 
best of the show. The best of, best of. Yeah, and like, obviously in the coming, again, we'll talk about it next we're at the end of the show, but obviously we're going to be talking about a lot of on-demand stuff, hopefully, in the coming weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, as far as us for the show goes, hopefully nothing will change. Hopefully we'll still be able to release every single week. Um, But if the releases do dry up, we will have to start experimenting with maybe some classic reviews or Mm -hmm. something like that where we go over, because I would love to try and just force us to like judge it and be like, yeah. what are our say top ten movies that we've covered I mean, for the show? Episode two hundred is coming up, bro. Yeah, true. But um, I think I think definitely as well, though, listeners, like, what what do you want to hear us talk about? Do you mm. want us to dig deep in the on demand stuff? Because we're gonna we're gonna run kind of short on that reasonably soon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, do you want us to go? random movies we could put up twitter polls we could look to do some sort of retrospective series like we're open to suggestions like we want to keep watching horror we're gonna have some time on our hands at home so like we're gonna be watching some horror so um let us know what you kind of you know fancy hearing us talk about if anything hopefully something yeah hopefully something but yeah (laughs) that's a good point like everything's up in the air right now Um, yeah we we, there's a few stuff on demand that we can get to so you know for the next couple of weeks we'll be just be picking and choosing the ones that sound the most interesting to us Mm -hmm. um but i agree like yeah that obviously with all the theatrical stuff finished for now we then we genuinely don't know what april may even looks like in terms of the show right now because Mm -hmm. all of those movies are just gone um so yeah we will be looking at like you say any sort of classic stuff or anything that you guys are interested in for sure um and yeah it's going to be very interesting like it's a weird one where it's like for the first we have so much kind of especially when it comes to the show i mean we were going to be talking this time we we thought we were going to be talking about a quiet place too (laughs) i'm trying to think about it bro like, like this I'm is what you know the end it. of this show was literally going to be us talking about how hyped we are for this movie and now it is it's gone you know it's been taken from us right now we don't know when we're going to get to see it um so it's very very strange times um mm. yeah. yeah we will we shall see we shall see very very soon um but yeah that was episode 188 where we talked about the hunt uh which you'll be able to see this friday on demand um thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone Shut up, I can't Mainly because I never could And how could I start that?